Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. This week, we are going to be discussing... Uh, we got another 90s chick rock battle going on today. We got Cannonball by The Breeders versus Seether by Veruca Salt. And guess what, Lena? Guess what? what I think what, I, what? I I think I know why you're in a good mood. Because we have a special guest in the studio today, and uh, it's your wife. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, oh crap, she's right there. Hello. (laughs) Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Raven. I'm the co-host of the Apocalypse Book Club, another podcast. Who do you do that with? What's that? Huh? (laughs) That's a podcast I do with Nella and Sarah, where we are reading all apocalyptic novels in order of publication. We're up to the 1930s, and it has been a trip. The thing that you started before the world ended. Like, way before. (laughs) Boy, once you get to 2021, (laughs) those books are going to get real weird. (laughs) They're going to get real annoying. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Like, when when all this is over, I'm never thinking about the pandemic ever again. Like, not once. I refuse to read books or watch movies that even mention it. Like, that's just going to be a dead zone in history for me. But anyway, we are talking about 90s chick rock. A glorious time for that. And uh, I got to ask. We got to go around. And this is a hard one. This is a hard one. Which is better, Cannonball or Seether? The song, not the band. I got to say Seether. I, I am required to say Seether. <laughs> you know, you can't fight the Seether. I, I get it. I, like, I already knew you were, like, this giant Veruca Salt person. Like, this is a band I don't really know that much about. I know this song in Volcano Girls. I, my heart belongs to the Breeders. Always has, always will. I got to go cannonball. So that leaves you, Lena. Sonic Youth. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Wrong Kim. We're the, uh, no, that's okay, Sonic Youth is Kim Gordon. We so have wait, I, so Nina I would, Gordon I explain, versus this, Kim this, Deal. This is how you do it. Did you ever see that? You know that movie, um, Wayne's World, where uh, where 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 Wayne goes, Dick York, Dick Sergeant, <laughs> Sergeant York. My thing is Kim Deal, Nina Gordon, Kim Gordon. By the way, Kim Gordon directed the Cannonball music video. Oh, Kim Kim Solidarity. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> it's really, it's kind of, it's very hard for me to pick. I love them both. I think that I lean towards Seether. Oh. Just because, now I'll tell you why. It's because I know that part of why I like Cannonball so much is because I loved that stupid pants sketch that the, that the MTV sketch comedy troupe The State did that used the song. Uh, Cannonball, and I always associated the one with the other, and I just thought that that sketch was so funny when I was a kid. That's it. So it's very hard for me to separate that from the other, whereas Seether I just like on its face. I I was banned from watching MTV until like 1999, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, the state was too much for me. Like, my dad was like heard all the horror stories about Beavis and Butthead, which was very controversial at the time, kids. So he's like, you're never watching MTV ever. And what happened from that is that I talk about music for a living. That's what happens when you do that. Yep. Learn a lesson, parents. Uh, but yeah, it's basically the state, if you don't know, they are what if the kids in the hall, but MTV. That's it. Yeah. Look, these are both really good songs, but they're also like, they feel pretty different to me. The Breeders was uh, the side project of uh, Kim Deal, the basis for the Pixies. And then when the Pixies kind of imploded, the Breeders became her full-time job. 
the Pixies were not like a radio friendly group. And like it's shocking to me that Cannonball got radio play because it's such a fucking weird song versus Seether, which is like a great song, but it feels a lot more radio friendly. Like I can imagine hearing this on the radio easily in 1994 and it got tons of play. I think they're really uh, similar songs. Really? Really. Yeah, I think they have both have that really like squishy, chaotic, overproduced <laughs> wall of sound quality that was so like of that really specific mid-90s. Yes, the what are the lyrics? No one knows. <laughs> Especially Cannonball. No, I Well, I, I mean, as it turns out, the Cannonball lyrics are not important. No. <laughs> they're also they're they're not great. <laughs> That's a bit of a Kim deal special. Um, yeah. Kim Deal, uh, if you did not know, other than in addition to having been the, the basis for the Pixies, uh, her and her sister were songwriters and musicians, from, or especially Kim, from a really young age. When she was, I think, like 14, 15, 16 years old, they had gotten some kind of little recording device. She, like, one summer wrote, like, 100 songs. And if you go back, I think, like, her mentality was that the songs were good, but the lyrics were shit. And I think that that is some, sometimes just kind of what Tim's deal is. Ha, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Ha. I'm sorry, Kim Deal. I, yeah, lyrically, Cannonball is, is, a, is an odd one, and I don't know how relevant they are. The, that song, to me, is more about what they're doing sonically. Oh, yeah. And it's see, all... there kind of is more of a complete package. Yeah, Cannonball is like a, just a collection of weird sonic ideas. Like, it starts with the Check, check, check. Auga, auga. I will sing the entire goddamn song for you right now. <laughs> and uh, Seether as like a pretty normal structure, you know, chorus, verse. And I remember like I was not listening to rock and roll because of the previously mentioned MTV band in my house. But I remember like the kids in my fifth grade class or whatever, like I don't remember what class I was in, but they really loved Seether. They were into Seether. Much as in my high school, the kids were also really into Seether, the band. What uh, a weird, what a weird choice. <laughs> By the way, the band Seether named their band after the song Seether and in fact did a cover of the song Seether as the band Seether. And it is weird hearing men sing that song, I've got to say. <laughs> Seether, I don't know. I heard Seether's cover of Careless Whisper and I was like, I don't want to ever want to hear you guys cover another song ever again. I mean, granted, it's not I'm, their strength. Granted, I'm not a fan of Seether the band, regardless. So, yeah, I don't. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, this was like tailored to Raven because I know she's a big Veruca Salt fan. I was like, is this is this like your band in high school? Is like this? Yeah. So I have a really specific sense memory associated with the band Veruca Salt. Like it- I, this song in particular, I have to admit, like I was not cool enough to be listening to this in 1994. Mm-hmm. I was in junior high. Uh, I was not cool. <laughs> I was listening to like the top 40 and that would be like, I was really into like Adina Howard, Salt and Peppa. Like <laughs> I cannot imagine this. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I really cannot imagine this. That was because we listened to it in my junior high gym class. That is what I, the only pop music I listened to or was exposed to was, was that. I mean, Salt and Peppa, you can't really go wrong. A little Boys to Men, a little Bone Thugs and Harmony. I yes. Love all of this. Great. This is amazing. I am learning so you like my entire image of you has completely changed. 
Uh, so when I hit high school and puberty and got a lot of angst, that's when. So I discovered like Black Hole Sun was my my gateway into alternative rock. And blew yeah. my mind. Listen to the song. Listen to the song versus song episode. <laughs> yeah. Black Hole Sun versus Jeremy. I don't know. Like that one's a dark one, and we're all happy here. Yeah. Well, I didn't say we were going to listen to it. I was trying to pull it off <laughs> yeah. on our poor, our poor fans. Okay. Uh, but I have this memory of being in high school when Volcano Girls came out. And in my small town, there was not a lot to do. So my best friend Nick and I would get dropped off at the only coffee shop in town uh, without cars. We would then walk to the Dairy Queen and get a basket of fries. Mm-hmm. And I vividly recall us walking down the sidewalks of this little Tennessee town, screaming the lyrics to Volcano Girls at the top of our lungs. Mm-hmm. And like to this day, I know every word, every beat that that song, that whole album, love it. And then after that, I discovered American Thighs, which is the album the, the Seether album. is off of. Yeah, the first yeah. album from 94 with Seether on it. You know, there's a reason American Thighs makes all these lists of best albums of 1994, which was a killer year for music. Black Hole Sun. Um, it's, you know, Black Hole super Sun. unknown. Yeah. Nirvana. Another great album. Nirvana Unplugged. Yeah. So, by Portishead. I'll stop. Sorry. <laughs> it's a good year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I love Seether and it's sort of for me grandfathered in through Volcano Girls because mm-hmm. there's the lyric in Volcano Girls which is itself a reference to the Beatles. Remind I told me you about the Seether before, the one who's neither or nor. Here's another clue, if you please, the Seether's Louise. That's correct, <laughs> that, and that and that and that is why uh, Volcano Girls is the glass onion to Seether's uh, I Am the Walrus. And you know that album is a Beatles reference too. That's Eight Arms to Hold You, which was the working title for the movie Help. Oh, that's clever. And yeah. American Thighs is also a a Beatles reference. No, I'm kidding. That's an ACDC <laughs> reference. But yeah, it gave you the look. Well, didn't, <laughs> wait, did, but uh, wasn't there a, a terrible name for um, um, the Breeders? Originally, were going to be called like Grunge or something, like a cross between grunge and reggae. Oh, I did not literally know that. the worst thing. I, I I mean, I've lived a long time. I've heard a lot of bad things, a lot of horrible portmanteaus. But that one really just because at first you, I, I don't first, I don't have no idea what that means unless you explain grunge it to me. reggae. Gr- there's reggae and once grunge. you explain it to me, it instantly becomes this the worst. If I saw that as a name, I would instantly pronounce it wrong. Grungay? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right now. <laughs> Grungay? 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 I don't know. And it, the point is, thank goodness they went with the Breeders. Good decision. I don't know. Like, the Breeders is all, already kind of a questionable name. I I love that cannonball. Like, I don't know. Like, when I was really getting into rock, there was like, well, if you like rock, that's when, like, the Pixies became, like, super cool. Because I think, like, Fight Club has had just dropped. So, you know, Where's My Mind plays at the end of that. So it's like, I'm going to get really into the Pixies. And I did get really into the Pixies. I got really into the Pixies. Sonic Youth, I was all like, yeah, it's pretty good. And Jane's Addiction, I was like, yeah, I get it. But, like, the Pixies, I was way into. I, I saw them on their reunion tour. It was amazing. And it was like, and I, you know, and I heard about this song, Cannonball. It was like, they have, like, another band. Weirdly, I never got into Frank Black's solo stuff. Well, I think that it's, it's kind of nice. It just it, it feels like Kim Deal won, and that's how I <laughs> wanted it to go. And I'm also not really surprised, considering the fact that you know who was a huge Pixies fan? Kurt Cobain. Oh, yeah. 
And do you know what he you know what he said when the first Breeders album came out? He was like, this is great. This is one of the best records I've ever heard. And also, I wish the Pixies had more songs written by Kim Deal. <laughs> well, you know, she got it out like the she brought her sister in to play guitar. And God, Cannonball is like a great song. I, I remember seeing clips of them like performing on like MTV Live or whatever live shows. They were, they on, they were on. on they were on the John Stewart show. <laughs> and I, you know, seeing these like, like 90s alt kids moshing to cannonball and cannonball is not really a mosh song but oh it's no so- you can mosh to anything <laughs> i went to a weezer concert when they toured pinkerton people moshing it doesn't matter <laughs> wow i feel like that's easier to uh i don't know cannonball feels like a song to get high to it's a bit of a jam song isn't it yeah that's what it is it's just kind of jammy it's got a lot of good parts it does it has a great hook it has a couple great hooks and it's got a weird line about being the bong in your reggae song, which is. But look, here's well, the thing I'm going to say. And, Considering the fact that it's very jammy, mm-hmm. it is not 10 hours long. And it could have <laughs> been. You know that that song, in the hands of the wrong people, and there's a lot of them out there, that could have been a 10 plus minute song. That's like a, that is like a 20 minute fish song. I was just about to ask if you were coming for fish in this way. <laughs> I, you know that I am. I, love, I do love coming for fish. I had a boyfriend who was really into them. <laughs> I know that they write 20-minute songs. That's what I know about fish. You know, there's only one part, I feel like, in Cannonball where you should be moshing to it, and that's the part where it like, starts really ripping in. Oh, yeah. In the shade, in the shade. But, like, it's such an odd song. Like, it starts in a different key. And that always threw me. I was like, key change? That early? He's like, whoa. That's why I will love the Breeders forever, even though they did not last very long. So, yes. Well, they they never actually broke up, technically. It was just that they took a really long break because um, something, something drug addiction, something, something the amps. Uh, oh, I, something, I, something I'd, pixies, heard, you know. I'd heard Kelly Deal tried to have heroin mailed to her, and uh, that's not a good way to get your drugs. We don't, we don't need to discuss what 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 Kelly did. It, it certainly had an impact on yeah. her life and other people's lives, and and that's unfortunate. But um, I think that it's kind of interesting, not about the amps, but that this song was a hit, and they did make a big deal about how it shouldn't have been Kim Deal. Somebody asked her in the 2010s somewhere, did you think this song was going to be a hit? She was like, where I was like, check one, two, and playing a, like, a gym whistle. <laughs> did I did I think that that was going to be it? No. They don't play songs like that on the radio. And I thought, not, o- not only is that weird, but it's also weird that the side project was the one that had the big hit song because the Pixies weren't a hit in that way, in that radio way. And I thought that would be like if after Pavement had been one of these most important alt bands, Steve Malkmus and his little off band that he had, the Jicks, had put out Pig Lib and that had the big hit. Like Vanessa from Queens was the biggest hit for Steve Malkmus. I'm just naming bands now because I know somebody out there. Somebody's like adding so, Spotify things, and this is going to be quite, this is going to be a big episode for that. If you're looking for a playlist, this episode's going to be the one. Oh yeah, you just made one 
super nerds day. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Somebody was like, Vanessa from Queens. Vanessa I, from Dresha. That's right. That's that is right. You're welcome, <laughs> that one person. I don't know. Like, I, as far as I can tell what our audience is, it's either weird 90s alt kids or like pops, like super gigantic pop songs from five to ten years ago. Like, we need to like hit those and we will get all the votes. <laughs> like, like this was like the the pop songs ones get like the mega hundreds of votes, the mega thousands of votes. And like these '90s alt ones get l- l- like half that, but the responses are intense. People have very strong feelings about this if they have feelings about this. I, f- I feel like this in particular is so polarizing because there was like such a there was a real dearth of female-led rock acts, so everyone had to get their say in at the time. And, like, I think that's part of why Veruca Salt got picked up. Like, they had barely been playing in clubs. Like, they'd done a handful of gigs and were immediately getting shopped around to people to, like, produce an album for them. And that led to a bunch of backlash in the Chicago scene because they were like, these kids are so new. And then immediately a lot of accusations like, oh, I bet the label put them together. Do they even know each other? Do they even write their songs? Like, this is such a constructed thing. But it was just because, like, Everyone was looking for that next thing, and it seemed like, oh, if we can get some chicks in our record label lineup, it'll be great. That album, the first thing that Veruca Salt put out was on, what was it, Minty or whatever, and that had... um, Is that Liz uh, Fair? That had the first Liz Fair album, uh, Exile, uh, was on that, and there was a bunch of other stuff that also appeared. Like the, I think it was like the Cardigans was had like a had well, a record on that. They and, they got the producer from the Exile to do this album to do American Thighs. Yeah. And you can, I, I think you can tell. And then what else? There was like really like interesting stuff that was on there. What was the one that I? Oh, Ivy, Ivy I, was on there. And Ivy is interesting because it had um, uh, uh, Adam, Schlesinger. Adam Schlesinger, and it had uh, and it had um, Andy Chase. And the two of them, you know, for a lot of reasons, Schlesinger, of course, because you know from Fountains of Wayne, also because Adam and Andy did that thing you do together. Mm-hmm. They did like they did some of the songs for that, and then Adam went off and did Josie and the Pussycats, which ties us then to a, another uh, band with a, a female uh, lead singer from this era, Letters to Cleo. <laughs> well, you know, I was again looking- just get that Spotify playlist. <laughs> I was looking at, uh, you know, I was like, let's see what was on the charts when uh, Seether hit, and I'm seeing. Quite a few chicks on here. We got like we got Zombie by the Cranberries. We got Doll Parts by Hole. We got Seether. We got uh, Supernova by Liz Fair. We got Sweet Jane by the Cowboy Junkies off of the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Like this was a a very good time to be a girl in rock. And uh, you know, by the by the turn of the decade, that was not true anymore. I think it's interesting because I don't recall. Veruca Salt or the Breeders being as big as some of the other ones. Oh yeah, part they of the were. reason why I picked them is is because you know they kind of are also rands, even though they themselves were successful. I think this is also why a lot of people are so passionate about them, is because if you were a fan of one of these acts, you were going to be intense about it. You were making a choice. You were saying "fuck Courtney Love." You know, <laughs> I'm I'm about Kim Deal. Good choice, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, like there were all these other things that were being promoted in a more active way, especially you get, you know, get a little bit later. We talked about this 
um, individually where it was like, oh, um, garbage had gotten so big because Shirley Manson was such a presence and she had Butch Fig behind her and all that stuff. And, and then, like, once you get a little bit later and, like, No Doubt comes around, this more well-packaged, I think, like mm-hmm. this accusation that Veruca Salt was uh, an industry plan. So like they Veruca feel, Salt, they who are we talking pre- about? Like Veruca Salt does not feel prepackaged at all, at all. Not even slightly to me. Well, Seether does feel like a very well put together song, a song that feels like perfectly made for the moment, and that's, I you know, Bush released their first album at the same time, and I kind of feel like that's kind of the same place it it was coming from because like those songs are so radio friendly and they got so much radio play so i can i can feel like seether feels like perfectly tailored for the time and i i feel i can understand why that might make people suspicious but veruca salt was not like this big giant pop machine like so i don't really see there like people say that shit about lord or billy eilish who have like tons of hype not veruca salt like Half the people listening just have never heard that name before outside of a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory setting. Yeah, I think part of it was some sour grapes on the Chicago, like, alt and indie scene. All of these, like, I don't know, male-fronted bands who had actually been playing in clubs for five or ten years. And suddenly Veruca Salt plays a few gigs, gets picked up immediately, and their songs on radios all over the country. And they're like, come on. I regret to inform you, they're actually just good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying that maybe somebody didn't look at them and go, these are two attractive, thin white ladies. We can sell that. I'm not denying that. That I'm sure that there was a degree of that because I have lived on planet Earth and I see the way that minds work. But also, it wouldn't have worked if they didn't have talent. Yeah, but I think, like, part of the stress that was on that band was a sort of imposter syndrome on their part. Like they had a follow up video to see there and they ended up pulling it from MTV because they were like, got freaked out. They were like, we're not in love with this. This feels weird. Like, uh, let's, oh, let's being just pull famous? the video. Yeah. Which, like wait, blowing which, up so big. Which, which one was it? Uh, it was not all hell me. It was the other was one. Was it for Scythia? No, for Scythia didn't get a video. Oh, man. That's my, that's my actual favorite song off that record. It's right a great album. It's a good one. I love for Scythia. There's something about that that kind of hits all the notes. I had people, like kids, tell me in class that Seether was like a lesbian song. It's like, why did they say that? And it was like, oh, this line here about, I was like, I tried to put her in my mouth. And I was like, I mean, I, I, I guess. guess. Like, no, it's e- like, every I, 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 song is a gay song for somebody. Didn't <laughs> we say this when we the did 90s. the episode with Jacob? Yeah. Yes. It, I think that's, I think that's certainly true in, in the sense that, yeah, I mean, sure, I guess. I'm never surprised. Whenever there's a song I like, and somebody says, oh, that song's hella gay. I'm like, I don't know if I agree, but sure. <laughs> Everything I like seems to seems to be gay somehow. Well, I never just... uh, I never actually looked up what Seether is about, but it seems to be like the Seether is like their inner rage or their like their inner animal instincts, the, the stuff that you're supposed to like keep down because, you know, you're just a girl. And... Yeah, yeah, that is the the popular interpretation. And I definitely, that's what I always read into the song. But I think like Nina Gordon has said about it that like she wrote it about one thing and then it's turned out to be about a dozen other things and that's all good. Like, yeah, it can be about those things, too. It's it's about it's certainly about more than Cannonball is. Yeah. Cannonball is about the music. And but the lyrics are just there to be fun gibberish. 
see their like that's something that kind of connects to your soul the lyrics like or at least to the girls who really 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 felt it which i was not yeah. but yeah the i want to cram her back in my mouth line yeah. is very much like because you got to bite your tongue because you can't say those things you can't be that mad and you can't tell everybody to go to hell you got to like cram that down well in the but 90s also, you could you suddenly right. could because of veruca salt and then later the the sellout version of Veruca Salt, no doubt. Bless. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, well, I'm the thing kidding. is that there really are nothing alike. Musically. Yeah. I just meant that if you look at No Doubt, once they hit it with Tragic Kingdom, they were being like they existed prior to that, but they were being packaged in a way that they hadn't been prior with their uh, with their first release. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You want to talk more about? Uh, you did a bunch of research, didn't you? I did, but I already knew a lot of it. Yeah, like that fan. is like, I I am not surprised. Like I, I don't I can't even tell you what, what was the other name of of the girl, the other, name of the other girl. What who was she? It's, it's Nina Gordon and Louise Post. Yeah, and what happened to them? And like I was like reading, there's like some kind of vague but really intense like breakup between the they two. They always left it vague. Like there is actually not documentation on what exactly it was and whether it was like one fight or a series of fights or whatever. But after Volcano Girls, uh, their drummer, who was Nina Gordon's brother, left because he got really stressed out because he was not a drummer. <laughs> and now they had made two incredibly successful albums. And he was like, y'all want me to go and play these live shows. I'm not really a drummer. And it is freaking me out. So I'm just going to not be in the band anymore. Uh, so they replaced him. And Volcano Girls, super successful. They have some kind of falling out. Nina Gordon leaves starts a solo career which is fine fine yeah i was i could tell where that was going and then and then louise post made a cardinal rock mistake she continued veruca salt as the only original member of veruca salt and just a changing rotating lineup of other people filling in behind her and i think it would have been received better if she had just been louise post or had started a different band because the veruca salt as just louise Albums are not as good. Yeah, but like when you have the name of the band, the, the, the money's on tour. And that's what she did. She toured a lot. And that was the first time I saw Veruca Salt was shortly after they broke up in the late 90s. Oh, um, no. Oh, Nashville. no. <laughs> yeah, Nashville, Tennessee had a thing called Summer Stages where mm. they'd, they'd bring in different acts like every week throughout the summer. And so I went with my friend Nick, who I used to sing it with. Mm -hmm. uh, and saw them and we were both like this is kind of underwhelming yeah i just the thing is that um we were joking about the idea of no doubt being sellouts i think yeah. that you know people have a tendency to hold a grudge if you do something like that i understand that there's money in it that balances it out but i do think louise post was followed a little bit by the year a bit of a sellout by keeping the name and just kind of yeah, cashing sure. in a little bit or whether or not that's true you know i think it's very easy to get that stink on you because people especially rock fans can get a little territorial about things. Yeah. And I, I remember myself like just really ragging on Veruca Salt after everyone left, but Louise, I mean like, Oh, you can really tell that Nina was the good songwriter. Like this yeah. stuff is just not as good. And like looking at it in retrospect, they really needed each other because Nina's solo stuff. She had like a relatively successful single off her first solo album, but it was, it was also not as good. The two of them working together, it really was better. So American Thighs is like 50% the 
Louise songs and 50% Nina songs. And they're all good. It's a great album. But yeah, anyway. So the band got back together a few years ago. Oh, did they? And released the album Ghost Notes in like 2015. Mm -hmm. And I went and saw them on tour for that. And it was incredible. Like, I don't go to a lot of shows. I try (laughs) to make them count. And they played at Webster Hall. And it was so good. Like, just a great show. They clearly, like, missed each other. And and have said in interviews since, like, Louise has been like, she's my best friend. Like, we just didn't talk for several years. And now we're best friends. They're both, like, raising kids. They both have families. They're doing this because they love it. And it's just, like, such a wholesome, adorable. They I found an interview they did with uh, Henry Rollins, of all people. Um, He's a good interviewer. He's a great interviewer. And he had a lot to say about Ghost Notes, the album, and... And the reviews on that album are good. Like, it's like the best parts of their old stuff. It's a great reunion album. It's what you want. Yeah, I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was uh, as intense about the breeders as you are. Like, I do remember in the like, I was just just starting to become a real music geek, and I remember Title TK dropped in like two thousand one, and I checked it out. I was like, yeah, this is this is, I I, I like. And then I just kind of forgot. I did see the Pixies on tour when they reunited in two thousand four. And uh, that was like, that was not a joyful reunion. Oh. I, it was like, it, they were great. They were really great. It was kind of like someone threw on a Pixie CD and pl- was playing it. And it was like, they were clearly happy to be performing and happy to be making money. But like, I could tell that like Frank and Kim probably did not speak once they were off stage. Like, they were very far apart from each other. And I think they were all like kind of not looking at each other. And I was like, I, I if the breeders were performing that day, I'm sure I would have like more interesting stories. Like they <laughs> they seem like they still actually well, I mean they're sisters, Kim and Kelly, and the, Well, I don't think that, that I don't think that at any point when they've done reunions of the breeders that Kelly has been involved. Oh. I don't think that that well, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's anything to do with love lost. I think that it, that's just you know. I think sometimes you go through a thing and you don't want to be in the light, the public light anymore. You know, yeah. I can't say that for sure, but you know, um, that's just a, a forty something years of living also makes me think you know being being in the limelight is not always the most fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen live performances of them being back together, and it's fine. They're having a good time, and that's infectious enough for me. For sure, uh, definitely would be more fun for me than than watching a, a band like the Pixies that clearly don't necessarily <laughs> like each other all that much. Yeah, I um, the Breeders never really had like a second hit. I guess they had Divine Hammer off of that same album, which I like a lot, a lot, a lot. But like, no one knows that one. Like, I was like, except about- for the people in the in the comments. <laughs> yeah, the Divine Hammer is also a great song. Like, I would say almost as good as cannonball just like not quite as special it's like there's never going to be a song like cannonball like and this was like during the like the from 93 to 96 when like the entirety of alt rock was fucking weird like the presence the united states of america and beck and all that shit and they're the butthole surfers yeah i think back it's so weird because i mean Beck went in so many different directions but you can actually kind of see that he was probably impacted a little bit by Kim Deal to an extent. If you it listen was, to Mellow Gold, it's weird in the way yeah. that some stuff that Kim was doing at the time is weird. 
Yeah, the, my favorite thing about Cannonball is that it just kind of doesn't really come together. <laughs> it's a it's a mess of a song. Like the riff doesn't really go with the with the uh, with anything before it, and like there's not really quite a chorus exactly. There's the part where it like really kicks in, but it's not really a chorus. It's just a whole bunch of things thrown together, and I love it for that. In that regard, I can see where Beck might have at least had some some of the same kind of sensibilities, although his stuff is like much weirder with the samples and the and the rapping and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. There was somewhere in the comments where someone said something about uh, like a bar fight. A bar fight? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the song like, is well, a bar fight? Well, I didn't no, see that. No, no, no. Like the idea of like who would win in a bar fight between the bre- the breeders or <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny or Veruca Salt and I thought well here's the thing about that no this is no shade to, to Louise or, or Nina or anybody yeah. I think that Kim Deal alone could beat the <laughs> shit out of an entire bar like just walk into a biker bar and you just see all the bikers fly out the window not a person I would mess with personally kind of amazed that anybody from the Pixies would ever fuck with her doesn't seem like a smart plan yeah well kim deal is like a normal sized woman and nina and louise are like toothpicks i uh, it's not even but it's not even about that at all yeah. i'm not that had not even occurred to me to yeah. me kim deal is just like it's the vibe man kim deal does not i mean wh- 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 what was it you were listening to uh danny warhols and they have a song about kim cool as kim deal yeah cool as kim deal I'm still looking for a girl as cool as Kim Deal. So all right, but but yeah. Everlong. Ah uh, yes, here we is are. Is about Louise Post. What? Yes, she sings backup vocals on that song. She what? and Dave Grohl were dating, and he was wildly in love with her, and going through a divorce, and wrote Everlong about how he felt about Louise Post. Wow. And then what did he do, Raven? Then what did he do? He. What are you leading me towards? Uh, he oh, ended up with somebody else. He cheated else. on her with Winona Ryder, and then Louise wrote a nasty song about that. <laughs> but they're cool now; they're friends. The they've hot, they've collabed since. That's the hot goss. Everybody loves Louise. Oh, the hot wow. goss from 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wild though? That really blew my mind when I found that out. Man, I love finding out like the the weird, crazy shit of like. And Everlong nine- is. One of the best songs of all time. It is. Oh, it's one my of favorite the greatest so- songs ever written. It's my favorite song. One of the best music videos of all time. My favorite yeah. song, period. I, I, now you know. Great. So yeah. you really need to get super into Louise Post, apparently. Well, like, I, I feel like I read that at some point where it was like, I was like, I need to know everything about this song because it was my favorite song in high school. And like the, your favorite song in high school is your favorite song forever. So... And I was like, but I didn't know who Veruca Salt was at the time. So it was like that name meant nothing to me. And then it was like, and now like as an adult, I was like, I don't need to know anything about this more about the song. I learned it all in high school. And now I find out like now I have more context. Holy shit. Thank you, Louise Post, for making such great music. Oh, man, that feels like a weird backhanded compliment. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. It would be weird if she wasn't actually on the track. And she is. Yeah. Okay. So she's got a, she's got a hand in it. Like it's not just that you know she she helped. She I don't want to say like oh she was Dave Grohl's muse. That's fucking. <laughs> she was on the track. They did date, and and the influence was there. You know what I mean? Like she also was a musician of some repute. I will admit I had heard Everlong hundreds of times, mm-hmm. and I was like, there are backing vocals on this song. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
No, it's true, but you gotta want to hear them. She's yeah. they really distort because she had to sing over the phone. She like phoned in the vocals literally. Uh, she was on. She was singing into one telephone line and then had the monitor in a different telephone line. That's and amazing. so the the vocals are really uh, distorted and com- computerized and like you know how everything was in the nineties. It's like, very layered. Was so a, she's like right behind his track, sounding like a little robotic. And then there's some doo doo doos that I always thought was an instrument, but if you are listening for vocals, you'll be like, oh, that's a doo doo doo, not like my brain translating a guitar into doo doo doo. Wow, I am learning so much about my favorite song that I didn't know about while we were talking about two completely different songs. This is amazing. I, I also, I mean, this this is a, a staunch reminder that. At some point, we're going to have to do uh, uh, a song versus song with Everlong. I just have absolutely no idea what we could possibly put it up against. No, that's a that's a that's a tough one. That's a fucking tough one. Like anyway, and- um, what other thoughts did you have? I'm trying to think what what other groups were coming out. What else was happening musically? Because this, re- but you said it at the top. Sort of what makes it makes these songs so beloved is just that there was so much music out there. So you'd have the thing that was yours. You know what I mean? Seether and Cannonball, even though they both got play, because there was so much other music that was kind of comparable, you you felt like you were going to pick one. You know what I mean? So for, for a lot of people out there, like Seether was the one, right? Seether yeah. doesn't get enough love. Cannonball doesn't get enough love. They were really those kinds of songs. And that's, I don't know if I think that's true about I mean, I think Cannonball got exactly as much love as it deserved. <laughs> like, and I think that in hindsight, it, like, I think it continues to be a song that people like. But man, see, they're always, always to me, and Veruca Salt in general. That's the thing. I always look at them and think, why were they not as big as whole? Other than Courtney Love is just a massive ego. Sometimes you need a massive ego if you're going to get that big. I was looking at the comments. I took a peek. I didn't look at the results of the poll, but I looked at the comments a little bit. And I feel like a lot of people who knew the songs were saying, oh, I got to give it to Cannonball. But if it was Volcano Girls versus Cannonball, it'd be Volcano Girls. And I think uh, that's, that's Cannonball, weird to me. Like for, for me, Seether is obviously like the, the Veruca Salt pick of the two. But... I agree. Like production wise, I think they're more yeah. similar. But I think Cannonball and Volcano Girls are both really anthemic. Like they are great songs to just yell along to and see there can be but it's maybe not as much of a anthem like it doesn't have the hooky hooks of yeah. cannonball or you know volcano it, girls cannonball showed up in the weirdest spot it's in the opening scene of the nicholas sparks movie a walk to remember like <laughs> with with mandy moore like teenage mandy moore is like a teenager who falls in love and it's like the most christiany of the nicholas sparks movies I've I've ever seen but it starts with like the cool kids hanging out and Cannonball is playing like these early 2000s frosted tips teenagers and like they're listening to Cannonball it's like wow Cannonball has really <laughs> penetrated like wow or it's at least a strange place like where like if I was going to say where I would think that a song like Cannonball would appear it's like that belongs in like uh, the faculty, disturbing behavior, <laughs> yeah. teaching Mrs. Tingle. Like it's in one of those. Not- I just wanted to say teaching Mrs. Tingle. It was re- no one really gives it the love that it deserves, <laughs> and I just I had to sneak it in there. Uh, well, it, where it showed up was Mandy Moore and I want to say Shane West in a walk to remember. It's Maybe a- Mandy Moore was a fan. 
Maybe that's Mandy a, Moore wanted to be Kim Deal. Just another person that wanted to be as cool as Kim Deal. I will tell you, I absolutely believe it. Mandy Moore has really wild taste in music. This is absolutely true. She yeah. like she married Ryan Adams because she was I, I think she wanted to like to be like the, the indie rocker and she had released a covers albums full of like singer songwriter stuff from the seventies. And it was like, wow, like I did not expect this from like the girl who sang Candy. So I would absolutely believe that if she had any uh, you know, pull, I could believe that Cannonball was her pick. Because that that stuff is also full of new radical songs. And it was like Oh my gosh. Like and not right. even the big one. Well, Other, that, well, we're going to get off topic. That, yeah. whole, that whole first record is great. I love that fucking New Radicals record. That, you mean just their only record? Pretty much from start to but, finish. Yeah, I don't know. I just, God, all I can do is think of other bands that I, I loved just as much as these. And it, they all, like, they're not interchangeable, but they all feel like they're part of an ecosystem of just the greatest fucking music in the world. Well, we, got really- a, we got a lot of third-party votes. Yeah, yeah, well, like L7 was in there, um, Belly was in there. Throwing um, Muses. Ala- Elastica was in there. Elastica, fuck yeah. I love um, that Elastica record. Oh, there's a lot of stuff. And I, all I could think was, you know, I mean, when I had, when I had tweeted something about this, I had thought about how Bikini Kill kind of o- operates in this space a little bit, mm-hmm. especially just because, you know, Kurt had this love of Kim Deal and um, Kathleen Hanna, of course, is very tight with Kurt mm-hmm. and is the reason that Smells Like Teen Spirit exists. Um, because that was that was a turn of phrase that she came up with. And you could kind of see, and yes, in Sonic Youth, I think, of course, and all that stuff kind of combines together to get you to stuff like Sleater Kinney, and that's another thing that we're eventually going to have to do. We're going to have to do a Sleater Kinney song versus song, although, again, I'm like, who would I even pit them against? They're some of the greatest rockers of all time. The Tigra? I don't know. Yeah, we talked about that as a possibility. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Hanna's other band. <laughs> God, we're going all over the place. They're, like, this is 90s chick rock. Like, it was never, like, the chicks never had as much of a share of rock as they did during this period. It was so And yet so it good. still should have been more. That's the thing. As yeah. much as a share as they had, I just, when I look back on the music that I liked, I find myself wondering why didn't I like this stuff even more than I already did, and I already liked it a lot. It just, in many ways, is just... It's better. A lot of times, it's more raw. It 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 co- comes from a more. I don't know if it's authentic. I think I just connect to it better. But like so many of these bands, I think there were a lot of female fronted bands, but none of them got the sustained airplay of the male fronted bands. Like yeah. talking about Soundgarden, like we're still getting Soundgarden hits into the two thousand, and then it becomes Audio Slave, and then like all of this, you know these acts just had this sort of endurance and i think at this time everybody's like throwing these acts into the mill like let's get a hit out of this act okay let's let's promote this next one like we just got to find new bands and promote them and drop them yeah, yeah. Like, i just i look I, at it and i'm like how did like live <laughs> have any purchase at all i've heard people blame like woodstock 99 was like cuz after that like you know that was like everything turned ugly and I had a friend who was like listening to like some alt stations, like top hundred songs of two thousand one, like retro. And there was like two chicks on there, and they were both, no doubt, like <laughs> like that's that's the the dividing line. Dun, the dun, turn dun, of Y two K. Right, that would have been what was that? Probably around that. I don't, I don't remember where 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 no doubt was in two thousand one. I assume it's that. What were you singing? 
Keep on dancing. Okay, yeah, that's that's the one. Yep. No, it was. I think it was the one before. Great podcasting. Return Return of Saturn. It would have been Return of Saturn, right? Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. The magics and the makeup and all that stuff. Magic and the makeup is a real trans anthem, by the way. I never I mean, thought of that. Wow. Sorry, y'all. I'm just dropping truths today. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we've talked about my my obsession that I had like two posters on my wall, and one was Gwen Stefani, and the other one was Shirley Manson because they were the two I wanted to be. Well, we, we, I was, we'll just get wasn't to them cool eventually. To, I wasn't cool enough to be Kim Deal. There no. was no way, uh, and I certainly wasn't cool enough to be uh, either Louise or Nina. I like when I, I, just, I, I was not. No. When I saw the Pixies in 2004, like, this is, like, not, you know, this is not prime. They're, like, 20 years older. Kim Deal was exactly as cool. Possibly cooler. I was like, this this fucking rocks. I don't care that you all of you hate each other. <laughs> I don't care that, you know, this is, like, a filthy lucre tour. You guys rule. Fuck yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we do the three three questions? Or no, the, the I think we're, I think we're I think it's time for three questions. All right, let's do it. All right, so we do three questions to help us focus the way that we think about things, especially in an episode like this where we're all over the fucking map. Hmm. Uh, question number one is: One of these songs is going to be lost to time, and one will remain in the mind of humankind forever. Forever. And uh, we have to decide which one is going to be the one that stays and which one is the one that goes now. So which is the one that must stay in perpetuity just for the betterment of all of us? Oh, that's got to be Cannonball. That's Cannonball. There's no... If you have an argument, like, I, I'm i just going to shut it down immediately. It's Cannonball. <laughs> Cannonball is correct answer. I don't know. Which Raven, is... do you agree with that? <laughs> I'm really un. I'm unsure if I. I'm. I don't know about that. I'm torn about this. This is actually really tough because yeah. I think, as stated, Cannonball is such an anthem, but Hem Deal has a lot of other work. Like, if this one song suddenly didn't exist, would we not still have the rest? I mean, we we have a you know the song she was allowed to write with the Pixies. We still have you know Gigantic, which I love, but like, I feel like Cannonball is her ma- magnum opus. Like and versus Seether, like like you said, like there's a it seems to be like a pretty even split between Seether and Volcano Girls, for the the Veruca Salt fans. There's like you I, I saw spare. a couple people say uh, All Hail Me was actually better than Seether, which I think you could argue. You could. I mean, so Seether, uh, All Hail Me, and, and for Sithia are like the to me those are the three. When, uh, if, if I'm gonna pick three tracks off that album, those oh, are the three. L- Levelor. Oh, okay. uh, number one blind was the other video, the one I was trying to think of earlier. Number one blind is the video they pulled, and I love that one. All right, all right. I'm going to give this question to Cannonball. I guess Cannonball continues. Good. That's right. I'm right. <laughs> all right, well, we're in some trouble now because I think we're going to be heading in a direction. Question number okay. two, uh, you can be around for the composition. Soup to nuts, whole thing. I, I was going to say music video included, although I would say that these are perhaps not as exciting a music video in either case as both of these videos ones. suck. Oh, you're wrong. Oh, I'll about say it. That. No, it's you're true. Incorrect. I yeah. really like the cannonball music video. I, 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 I had never seen the Seether video and it's not like, you know, this amazing like top hundred videos of the nineties video, but I liked it. I liked it. There are cats in it. Yeah. There's oh, like before the internet, you had to get your cat videos where you could. And 
There's there's, right. gir- anyway, there's the girls po- in the- baby doll dresses dancing around. Like the point is, uh, you can you can you can witness the whole thing. You could be a fly on the wall, and and see these songs develop into what they became. But you can only do one of them. What's the one that you want to see composed? I I just like Kim Deal, and I'd like to see her do things. That's that's really my only is like <laughs> so I'm not Wes, sure. You know, I'm gonna say I don't love the structure of that sentence, but okay, like, I, okay. but I understand it. <laughs> oh God! Now that I I hear it, oh crap. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I guess that's right. I also when I was thinking about this question, it seems impossible because and also because it's such a weird like at what point did they decide that they were gonna have like a gym whistle? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where where in the and 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 also the idea that um you have Kim Deal and Kim Gordon on the same set making the music video to me that alone, regardless of how you feel about that music video, that's fucking cool. If if I could watch any video being made, it would, it would be the one for the Breeders' Divine Hammer. Because like there's there's a scene in there with just like Kim Deal as the flying nun for absolutely no reason. <laughs> so she's just like in her nun outfit flying around. It's just entirely random. I don't need either of these. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see the process for either of these. Yeah, these yeah are, this is not really a you question. No, though. I'm not a process person. I'll take the product. Yeah, you hate yeah. seeing the sausage get made. That's very that's very you're real you're real anti. You, I, I like the fun facts. Like yeah. But I'm not into the process. That's funny because like you're a costume designer, so you're like part of the process of creation. Like, is there a correlation there? Like, <laughs> and do I not want to watch process for fun? I think so. Oh, I, I get it now. You know the, I get it. Okay, you don't. It's your work, so you I, don't. I work in a sausage factory. I'm <laughs> yeah. good. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. All right. Um, question two point five. We, we, we Make, should really just turn it into four questions. All right, fine. <laughs> Question number three. I mean, at this point, I just, you know, here's the thing. Someday someone really cool is going to be on our podcast, and I'm going to realize that um, one or all of these questions is corny. Um, and then it's going to be back down to three again? Yeah, I do think that's what's <laughs> going to happen. But for now, I mean, nobody nobody married to me can be that cool. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to report. You're very cool to me. <laughs> However... You are married to me on there. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion is going to get up to some high girl shit. That's the thing that is just going to happen. You know, the world's starting to open back up. Things are doing well. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy. And uh, there's going to be some hot girl shit going on. Megan Thee Stallion going to prepare for an evening of hot girl shit by listening to one and only one of these two songs. Which song... I don't know why that went like I was I was the teenager on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Simpson, which one of these songs is going to be hot girl shit? Um, see, this is a hard one because you could get pretty amped up to either of these songs. But I think I have to give this one to Seether. It's a, it's a little angrier, I guess. But like... I, th- I think it's more geared to specifically hot girl shit based on the lyrics alone. Yeah. You can't like, fight the Seether. Seether's going to come out. You can't fight the Seether. Yeah. Can't keep me in your mouth. There I, you go. Yeah. And you can, try to keep her on a short leash. Cannonball is a tiny bit more mellow. So like for that reason I'm giving giving it to Seether, but you could you could get pretty hyped to Cannonball. For sure. I think yeah. we can give it to Seether. I agree. Yeah. Um so for now and forever, just so we all know, Seether is hot girl shit. That's it. <laughs> Those are just the facts. All right. And now the most important question, not just of the podcast, but in the history of human creation, 
William Shatner, Man About Town, uh, Starship Captain, Thespian, uh, Singer. <laughs> He's going to do a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Which one, for now and forever, must be shat upon? It's It's got to be Seether. Because, like, like, I want to hear William Shatner do the lyrics to Seether over Cannonball because I have no idea what the lyrics are to Cannonball. <laughs> but you don't want to hear Shatner say crash on the last splash. <laughs> wow, that, well, that already has the dramatic pause in there, so it's not like there's anything he can add to it. Crash. But you could put it somewhere else. On you never know. <laughs> That's true. Crash on the... Last splash. Last splash. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You don't know his life. He could do anything. <laughs> but like, I feel like you know, Seether is neither big nor small. Seether is the center of it all. I feel There's like a yeah. lot of dramatic interpretation available to you. Yes. Once again, this is this is whenever I whenever I ask this question, it's always a question of what Shatner too. And mm-hmm. once again, this is the young like in a in a tux with the with the bow tie undone with mm-hmm. the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Shatner for Seether, for sure. And if that's what we're going for, then yeah, I mean, like, that's a winner. That's a winner for me. I feel like it's, this is like the difference between um, young Elvis and um, old Elvis. You know what I mean? Right. That's what it is. I feel like if it's old Shatner, I think I might actually give it to Cannonball, but younger Shatner, I think, gets Seether. That's how I'm doing it. Wow. All right. Way to way to hedge your bets there. <laughs> That's it. I split the diff. Listen, I call it like I see it. I'm a real Shatner expert. I'm not, but now I am. <laughs> All right. Okay. What are the comments? Okay. Comments time. Comments time. All right. Steve Bach writes, God damn it, Lena. Guess I'll just go flip a coin. That's correct. <laughs> Did you, you even... We haven't, we haven't even said this. You can't go wrong. Whatever you yeah. chose, you're right. All right, Brian Tierney writes, I would like to thank all three of you for kickstarting my Dario rewatch. <laughs> Next up yeah. on Six Ad World. <laughs> I saw a guy wearing a Six Kim Ad World. Deal beats the shit out of a biker bar. <laughs> I saw a guy wearing a Six Ad World t-shirt just today, like literally this morning at brunch. Oh, wonderful. Classic forever. Yes. All right. Uh, Jeff, just Jeff, writes, Either me or the breeders do not know what reggae is. <laughs> I does any of us know? But what if it's gr- grunge? <laughs> <laughs> the bong in this grunge song. <laughs> if only, if only they had just used that as their band name. Just think, they would have been so much more since they wouldn't. <laughs> Thank you for your comment. All right, two Shanes writes. Two Shanes, I get it. Okay, two Shanes writes. 10% of the words in Seether are Seether, which is just too much of a word that sounds and looks fake no matter how much you hear it. But <laughs> it is... sounds like you're really seething about this. <laughs> Bam! Okay. Um, Dipdop writes, Seether is more memorable to me, mostly because the beginning of the verses without the word Seether sound like the start of some riddle. Yeah, this is you could trick a golem with yeah. Seether, and you can't say that about Cannonball. Seether is neither loose nor tight. Seether is neither black nor white. What yeah, is, I'll tell you what. what, what if, I, if, <laughs> I, if I was going to try and get Mr. Mixix Pedelec to say his name backwards, <laughs> I would use Seether to do it, and it would work. 
All right. Lazarus writes, I listened to both of these songs for the first time, and for some reason, Seether annoyed the hell out of me. It sounded like a song that would be played by the alt-rock version of Hannah Montana. I don't see the problem. Me neither. I think that is accurate. <laughs> Sorry. I just disagree with the conclusion. Res- respectfully appreciate yeah. your comment. I do not see a downside here. <laughs> yeah. Alt-rock Hannah Montana sounds fucking fantastic, and Seether sounds fantastic, so... Accurate. Completely accurate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sean Riley writes, I'd never heard of either of these songs before now, but I went with Seether, if only because I never want to hear a dial-up modem again. Isn't it weird that it sounds... It's not a dial-up modem, though. But it sure sounds like it. It does, but it is just a whistle. It's just a a gym whistle. What is a gym whistle? I keep calling it a gym whistle. I don't know what, what that actual thing is called. A train whistle? I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, it's like a it's like a whistle that like a like like a that like your phys ed teacher does when you're like you want you to line up that thing. You know what I'm talking about? I yeah. I, I don't know what part of the song you're talking about. It's the very beginning. The ooga? Yeah, like they're doing that, and then they have a sound of a thing that sort of sounds like a dial-up modem, but it's a whistle. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right, one last one. Amy Taylor writes, "Why did '90s bands have such silly names?" And the answer is uh, to match their silly songs. That's why. I mean, bands today having only very sophisticated names. I feel like interesting band names have kind of, and interesting rap names for that matter, have kind of started to disappear. Yeah, I mean, look, here's what I can tell you. Um, we all wore onions on our belts, <laughs> which was, was the style at the time. time. I, uh, I guess you did have the Husker do. We did. We sure did. We did <laughs> have. The Space Hog. Yeah, even as time went on, I guess that's, kind of, that's kind of true because like Husker Do's a pretty is kind of a weird name for a band, but Bob Mold's next band was just called Sugar. Yeah. So I guess it was just you know, I'm sorry. They might be I, giants, meat puppets, yeah. bare naked melon. ladies, third eye blind. We're starting to get po- post alternative there. But yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, the point is, I it's I, I don't know. I don't know the reason, but I'm glad. Grateful. <laughs> yes. Just grateful for it. Drugs. That's the answer. <laughs> Okay, there's only one thing left that we got, and that is the results. I'm Place ready. your bets. I bet it was really tight. That's my bet. I, I bet this is a close race. I know yep. what happened, so I will not say a word. Oh, you, f- man! I have to know to read them. Like you, you got to keep yourself fresh. All right, but anyway, for a total of two eighty-two to one ninety-nine, that's a fifty-eight forty-two split. The winner is Cannonball. They are the bong in this reggae song. Oh, that's Un- unjust. Unjust. I feel like it should have been tighter. It, it been. I mean, that's still pretty tight for one of these. Like we can have like serious blowouts and 58%, I think, is exactly right. A right. solid but not destructive win. That is correct. That is the correct answer. I mean, again, having stated that I think Kim Deal could beat the shit out of an entire biker bar. <laughs> I guess that seems only fair. So you're saying she rigged the vote? Oh my gosh! Whatever. She, she just, doesn't have she to. Just, <laughs> she just intimidates. She 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 stared into the middle distance, and everybody suddenly felt the heat of those eyes, and all voted accordingly. That's what happened. Hey, you like this show? Why don't you support us on Patreon? Patreon, excuse me. Why don't you support us on Patreon? You give us a dollar, you get our bonus episodes. We do one a month where we talk about a music movie picked by you. 
or if you don't want to do that, you know, you get these things for free and you just give us a nice review or, uh, you know, tell your friends, tweet about us, love us publicly. And we will love you back. Todd, are you saying that if somebody paid just $1 hypothetically for one month, they could go back and listen to the entire run of bonus episodes that we've done now for 10 billion years? You know, that's not what I was saying. But now that you mention it, yeah, you could say that if you wanted to. What a deal. <laughs> oh, God. What a Kim deal. Oh, I was wondering where you were going with that. And now I know. And now I'm a sadder person. <laughs> okay. This one is uh this one is for me kind of so you may have to catch up for this one but next week uh next month we will be doing Move Along by the All-American Rejects versus Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. This one's for oh, the Oh yeah, this is a, this is a little out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, this one's for the emo kids. You're an alt kid, but we'll 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 grab an emo in their stupid little floppy hair and their girls jeans. We'll bring one in here. Oh, okay. Are we not? Are we not supposed to say? Because I already know who that person is. <laughs> no, we. You know, it's always a surprise. So, uh, we'll bring him in, and it'll be a fun time. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.